Hello and welcome to Front and Center, a show dedicated to insights and perspectives on commercial real estate investment across the public and private markets. Produced by Center Square Investment Management, Front and Center hosts timely and relevant conversations with firm thought leaders about the trends and drivers impacting the global real estate asset class. For more information, please visit centersquare.com. Hello and welcome to Front and Center, our first episode of our new podcast. My name is Scott Crow. I am President and Chief Investment Strategist at Center Square Investment Management. And I'm joined today by Uma Moriarty, who is a Senior Investment Strategist at our firm. So Uma, what's this podcast all about? Yes, yeah, Scott, you know, we have so many conversations about what's happening across policy, geopolitics, consumer behaviors on how all of these different things are impacting real estate. And we're seeing it from so many different vantage points across our platform. So really excited to bring some of those conversations to you here, right? News you can use for real estate investing in 15 minutes or less. And, you know, that's that's what we're here to do. Great. So a quick note about us. Uh, Center Square has been investing in commercial real estate for three decades uh, across uh, public and private real estate and also across both equity and debt markets on behalf of institutions, foundations and endowments and high net worth individuals. Uh, we have $13 billion under management. We're located in Philadelphia uh, with offices in New York, Los Angeles, Singapore and London. So I know uh, one of the things that's been taking up a lot of time and a lot of conversations at Center Square across our various teams has been debt markets. Um, obviously, you know the Fed is uh, probably at the end of its tightening cycle. At least that's that's our opinion. Um, but you know, as you know, as they've increased interest rates, that's had a big impact on uh, you know debt availability and debt pricing for commercial real estate which has really been driving a lot of the uh, repricing that we've seen in some of the more liquid markets and are now seeing in some of the private markets uh, in the commercial real estate landscape. So you know, one of, one of the areas that we look at uh, to try and help us figure out what's gonna happen next in the private markets is the REIT market. You know, the REIT market's more liquid, it reprices more quickly, and can give us some really interesting indicators and signals uh, about the you know the the shape and nature of the real estate cycle on a go forward basis, and uh, I guess my question to you, Uma, is you know what's the data saying? What's the REIT market indicating about commercial real estate values going forward? Yeah, you know we saw the REIT market to your point in terms of a, a repricing happening much faster. We repriced across the REIT market last year in terms of the impact of rising rates. And so right now, the REIT market is sitting at a 6% cap rate, so the yield associated with the properties, right? And that same repricing that happened to the REIT market, which led to effectively a REIT market bottom, at the same time, we were seeing private markets continuing to peak at that same time. And so we haven't really seen the repricing happening in the private market in that same regard as it relates to the impact of rising rates. And so we think that's still coming. You know, we've seen a little bit of that happen in the last, call it two quarters, but still, still some some road ahead for that repricing to happen in the private market. But you know, as we as you mentioned here, we you know we're thinking about now what happens as the Fed has arguably come to a point where we're we're expecting them to pause from a rate hiking perspective, and that's interesting because we're now looking at a regime change, right? So what does that mean from the perspective of what's happening? 
and what we expect to happen across the real estate markets. And so we looked at that over the last four cycles after the Fed was done hiking. And we found that REITs tend to outperform not only private equity real estate, but also equities more broadly, right? And that makes a lot of intuitive sense to, to me. Um, but as, as we think about, you know, take a step back and think about what's happening in the private market, one of those areas that we've been spending a lot of time talking about is what's happening not only in terms of the pricing, in terms of interest rates, but also what's happening from an availability perspective across the credit markets. And so as we think about that, think about what's happening across the regional banking sector. You know, what are your thoughts there, Scott? Well, you're right. I mean, we've been really digging into this sort of rolling regional banking crisis that's unfolding. Uh, why it's important for real estate investors to pay attention to is that banks make up about 40% of all commercial real estate lending. And within that, about 70% is uh, made up by smaller and regional, uh, regional banks, which are coming under a lot of pressure. Uh, and so, you know, in that regional banking, uh, uh, you know, sector of the, of the financing ecosystem, you're seeing deposits shrink, uh, you're seeing reserves uh, increase and the cost of funds increase and some real concerns that, you know, others are going to follow the fate of First Republic and Signature Bank and others uh, that have, you know, have folded. And, you know, whether or not that occurs, I don't know. But what, what we do know is that uh, the regional banking system is in the process of tightening uh, its, its belt as it relates to credit availability. And I think that that's probably going to lead to um, you know, a real acceleration of the repricing of real estate in the commercial, uh, in the actual private markets. And as you mentioned, you know, we have seen some write downs starting to occur over the last couple of quarters. Uh, but my expectation is that this, you know, tightening of credit availability in the regional banking system is going to see that, you know, that start to move a little quicker uh, and it's something to pay attention to. Yeah, I mean, we see across the private markets, right, like I, the, the REIT market pricing in a 6% cap rate, that same cap rate across private markets is probably closer to a 4%, right? So as we think about what's happening and what's coming down the road, where do you think those valuations actually land? Well, look, that is that is the question, right? Where where are cap rates going to be in the future? And um, some of that comes down to you know your expectation around well, a lot of it comes down to your expectation of where interest rates are going to be in twelve to twenty four months. And I think it's rational to assume the answer is that short term rates are, are going to be lower. I mean, certainly the inverted yield curve is telling you that. And if you think about a 10-year bond yield settling into a you know three and a half to four percent range, and you know doing some other triangulation of what's happening in the REIT markets and in the debt markets, and you know, uh, and, and if you want to check out our website, you know you can see some more intricate underwriting of, of how we get to this number. But you know, somewhere around a five and a half percent cap rate seems seems like a pretty reasonable guesstimate at this point in terms of where cap rates settle out. Um, but obviously, a pretty wide uh, bifurcation between sectors. I mean, you know, industrial warehouse distribution is probably going to hold in the most firmly in terms of pricing. I mean, certainly that's what you're seeing in the public markets. Uh, apartments are going to do, you know, I think they're going to do pretty well uh, through this cycle. One of the one of the um, things they have going for them is the fact that we are generally structurally undersupplied in terms of housing. 
the housing market is in you know is in very uh, very good shape, particularly relative to prior cycles like the GFC. Um, you know, notwithstanding that there are some pockets of oversupply, you know, hitting the Sunbelt market in the apartment space, I think you know, apartments are going to you know be uh, be pretty solid. Um, retail, you know, that's 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 taking a hit right now in the public markets, and you know, I think will in the private markets too. But the one thing retail has going for it is the fact that it, you know it has no one's really built any retail for the last sort of decade, and any retail that exists today has been through Amazon, has been through COVID. Uh, you know, and is, and is probably on pretty solid footing. Um, and look, generally speaking, one of the, the things going for the, uh, the real estate market today uh, as a general matter is that existing vacancies are low and there's not, there's not a lot of supply, right? The supply we've seen has been in industrial, there's been in apartments, which you could argue are structurally over, uh, undersupplied uh, today. The one area that just can't seem to catch a break is office, uh, high vacancies, and people are still building more of it. Um, you know the 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 newer product is really out competing significantly uh, the the older stuff and you know that's where I think there's going to be a, a lot of pain and uh, you know similar similar to when COVID hit that really rationalized and sped up the story in retail I think that this regional banking crisis will do the same thing for the office sector over the, over the coming twelve months. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense and and. Maybe shifting gears a little bit just to talk about some of the areas that you know, we have exposure to from a real estate perspective on the REIT side. I think it's really important to you know make sure that we're also talking about areas like data centers, healthcare, um, manufactured housing. You know all these different areas across the real estate spectrum that exist in the REIT market today that don't really exist in the same vein across the private markets. But given this higher exposure to some of these alternative property types that have much stronger secular demand tailwinds, and the fact that the REITs have already been repriced for what's happening across the credit markets, I mean, I think it's fairly reasonable to expect much stronger returns from the REIT market going forward versus the, the private market. But you know, what, what are your thoughts on, on that? Well, that, that's a really good point. I mean, the composition of the REIT market versus, uh, you know, the the uh, institutional core real estate funds is is you know v- very significant. I mean, like fifty percent of the REIT market is in those in those alternative sectors that you mentioned. You know, an office is only three percent today. Um, in in a lot of the institutional core funds, uh, you know, there, there's a there's a lot less of these alternative sectors. And office is, I think, just about, you know, is about 27% of those benchmarks. And the real estate, you know, ecosystem sort of quite c- complex. Outside of the institutional funds, you know, you've, all, you've got a lot of private owners and other, and other owners of real estate. And the office weight there is a lot more heavy. So, you know, there's a, there's a big difference in composition, but there's also a big difference in leverage as well. Um, and you know, if you look at the, the, the REIT sector today, I don't know, Uma, the, the average leverage is what about, uh, just under 30%. Yep. Around 30%. And for the Odyssey funds, it's tracking right about 25 and, uh, you know, which is pretty low and that's good news. Um, and that represents some lessons learned from the financial crisis going on about 15 years ago. But the reality is that, you know, other private real estate investors have still been using leverage levels closer to 70, 75%. And so, you know, if uh, if we see a, a significant decrease in real estate values, 
you know, that could wipe out a lot of uh, people's equity position, particularly again in, in the office market. Um, and so I, I know we've been doing some work on that, sort of based on what we've talked about, the outlook for the different sectors, the different starting point and composition for REITs versus private, um, where initial cap rates are in, in those markets. I mean, what what is our expectation for, uh, you know, both the peak to trough drawdown in commercial real estate values and what we would expect from here being an investor in the private markets and an investor in the REIT market in terms of returns? Yeah, you know, so based on where our expectations are for rates for growth across these areas, I think the average cap rate for real estate lands probably somewhere in, in the five and a half cap rate range, which is very different than where private markets are valuing cap rates today, closer to, you know, 4% range. And so that's a pretty meaningful revaluation that is that is yet to come ahead for for the private market. On the other side, you know, the REIT market has seemingly overcorrected a little bit with the REITs trading closer to a 6% range. And so you're going to see the REIT market effectively retrace that a little bit. And so as we think about, you know, where those return expectations probably land in the next five years, I would say, you know, mid-single digit levered returns in the private market makes sense. And on the REIT side, you're expecting significantly higher returns, call it low double digit returns over that same five-year period. So a different outlook there across across the two parts of the real estate market from a public versus private side of things. And so I, I think that's kind of where, where things shake out. Well, I guess we'll see how this all unfolds. That's all we got time for today. And I'd like to thank you all for joining our first episode of Front and Center. Obviously, there's a, a lot still more to play out in this real estate cycle. And we're excited to be able to bring you our timely and latest thoughts on these developments as they occur. So that's it for now. Until next time, this is Front and Center. Thanks for listening to Front and Center. You can subscribe on your favorite streaming platform and please be sure to leave us a review. To stay up to date, you can visit our website at centersquare.com to access our thought leadership, sign up for our mailing list, or contact our team. We look forward to hearing from you. The content of this podcast is informational only and represents the viewpoints of the presenters at the time of recording. It should not be regarded as a solicitation nor investment advice. All information presented is subject to change at any time based on new data, analysis, or market conditions. Past performance is no guarantee of future results.